Blog Talk Radio. your host, Sherianne Turpin, and you are listening to um, the culture at the edge, or as I usually like to say, at the edge, think culture, and we are still waiting for one of our guests, but one of our other guests is here tonight, right now, um, and so just want to say good evening to you, Carl Moore. How are you? Good evening. Peace and love to all the listeners. Um, I'm doing great tonight. How are you? I'm doing awesome, actually. Doing awesome. Doing awesome. Awesome. And so before we get get started, um, I just want to give a shout out to um, the um, artist who uh, came up with um, the beginning audio, um, and that is um, available through freemusicarchive.org, um, Audio Binger, and we might be, depending upon um, where we go with this conversation, we might be listening to a bit of Kirk, um, and he is out of Austin, Texas, and uh, some of his stuff is also available on Free Music Archive. So, good evening, Carl. What's good? Good evening. Nothing. Just uh, another wonderful day. You know, um, able to, um, especially any day you can speak about poetry or art or creation in general. It's a it's a good day. Um, you know, creation being very important and a very important thing. So yes, yeah, so all right good. on. Right on. Right on. And so um, we just have uh, just have somebody else um, kind of dial in. Caller ending in five five one nine. Could you announce yourself? 
Who are you? Yes, that would be Ronald Mason. All right. All right. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Hello, Dr. Evening? Turpin. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. This is a this is a great evening. Um, this whole day has been just really, really smooth, really awesome. Um, and you know, at first I was a little little nervous about uh, doing this. I don't often have more than one person um, doing this, but I think that um, given the nature of what we're going to talk about tonight writing and just being who you are, um, it just kind of kind of fell in. It, it all sort of fell into place. But I'm doing great, doing great. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, gentlemen, um, I titled this show Soulful Visions of the Speaking Self. Um, and the reason why I did that is because um, – I've had a chance to talk with you both about writing and, and whatnot. You know, we have another working relationship at UDC, but when we're not doing that, um, we're into our writing, and we're into our writing on another on another plane other than academia. Um, and when we do what we do as writers, when we speak it um, in public, um, it allows us to be able to kind of flow into another persona. And that's why I titled it Soulful Visions of the Speaking Self, because as far as I'm concerned, if you're doing spoken word, if you're doing poetry, you're writing from the soul, you're speaking from the soul. So let's start with that. All right. Uh, so, uh, uh, so yeah, did yeah. you and Carl start talking before I got on, or...? Are we both uh, kind um, of just getting sort started? Of started. Was sort of getting started. You're just getting Carl, started. And, and, yeah, we're just getting started, really. And so basically sort of introducing, um, you know, introducing um, uh, Carl to the audience, but also talking a bit about um, some of the music clips. Um, I changed the music a bit for the intro, um, and I liked, what I chose for the intro because it brings a different uh, brings a different energy. It's a mixture of several kinds of music, but I'm also possibly going to play a few clips from somebody named Kirk, um, and he's uh, he's a hip hop artist out of Boston, Texas, and a lot of what he talks about, a lot of what he raps about, um, kind of flows with what we do, which is bringing positivity to the culture. And he even has a song called For the Culture. I thought it was a natural fit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, so, you know, we all work together um, here at UDC. But I sort yes, of, uh, I'm looking forward to the day when I can uh, retire and spend more time <laughs> uh, doing the, the, the spoken word stuff that, that I really enjoy, right? Um, but I, yes. but I need to mention that I was at a dinner with uh, Carl Moore one night, and he spit <laughs> out or uh, uh, threw out some uh, some lines and rhymes that I thought were really really great. You know, uh, oh, it's wow. just a shame. Yeah, it's a shame that we work so hard that we didn't get a chance to to send you some of this stuff in advance. Because uh, yeah. you know, Carl and I sit around the office comparing notes sometimes on uh, lyrics and things like that. Uh, yeah, so, actually, uh, so, um 
<laughs> Go ahead, Carl. President Mason's that no, I actually to that point I actually said it was my dream, you know, out of all of the work we've accomplished, it's my dream that uh President Mason and I will be able to do a track before it's all said and done because um he's been how long have you been doing it, President Mason, for like decades now? And um, I don't know about decades, but go ahead. Well, decades. I go back <laughs> 15 years. I go back 15 years, yeah. Oh, 15 years. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. But there, oh, but there is man. a story, Pre- President Mason, though, about, and not to, the, the story about James Brown. Um, I don't know if you want to share that, because I think that's a really important thing for the listeners to oh, um, hear in that. terms of what, what, creation can create in terms of an opportunity. I think it was a pretty a pretty great story just for anybody, but specifically for you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll share. Um, so when I was at Jackson State, uh, I noticed that uh, we had a lot of um, absenteeism because of health issues, right? And uh-huh. I was inspired one night to write a motivational uh, sort of book that I called the the um, funky revolutionary mind body and spirit workout right, yeah. and I use the word I use the words of James Brown uh, from his songs as little to to start every motivational message right, and okay. then that led to uh, a CD of James Brown's music to go with the motivational messages. And I was in Washington, D.C. one time uh, talking to uh, one of my lobbyists up there. And I was telling her about this idea. And she said, you know what? Uh, that's a really good idea. Let me introduce you to this guy that just did a, a documentary on James Brown. And okay. so I went over to meet this guy. And the guy said, you know what? This is a really good idea. Well, let me call James, right? And so he got James Brown oh. on the phone. And one thing led to another, and I ended up uh, visiting with James Brown, and he actually wrote the foreword to the book. Uh, but even better, oh uh, I got to spend, uh, I got to hang out with him at one of his gigs uh, in New York. Uh, and it was all just sort of uh, coincidental, but at the end of the day, uh, I still have my little book with James Brown's words. And the actual foreword from James Brown. Oh, my God. That is awesome. That is super, 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 super awesome. You know, know, every time I think about James Brown, I think about the little, uh, he did a little video. um, I guess it was a a BMW um, short film series and whatnot. And he had to, I think it was titled Beat the Devil or something like that. And hmm. so he gets in, yeah, he and, he and the driver get into a drag race with the devil, and of course he beats the devil. And so um, <laughs> <laughs> this is closest to the, towards the end of his life, but I thought it was so, it was so, he, he seemed like he was a real kind of guy, you know, a, a, a real kind of guy, you know, just kind of yeah. um, into it and into the music and into um, what he did for the art itself, for the passion of it. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you listen to his words, yeah, his yeah. words really are inspirational. If you take the time to listen to what he's talking about. Um, and, yeah. and he's, he has been one of my inspirations over the years, not only the words, but the music. So I'm, I'm a big fan, you know? Well, I play, I, I play James Brown music when I need to get motivated about something. I need to get go. up and move. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 where that's at. 
And so I'm one of those, I'm, you know, I'm Gen X. Um, and so we're kind of like in between the millennials and the baby boomers. And so you kind of get into um, the music of your, um, you know, of the, of the older generation and of the younger generation. And of course ours, which is just strange music and you blend it all together you know, and I don't think that it's an accident that spoken word, hip hop, um, rap, it got, it blew up, you know, during, you know, during my generation, but it wouldn't have had it not been for the rock and roll revolution, um, oh. you know, of the 50s, 60s, 70s. So, yeah. 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 I got a question for Carl. If I can, I I know I'm not the interviewer, but I am curious about something. Um, yes, sir. So, so you know, um, I'm old school, right? I'm I'm because uh, I'm 65 years old, and and I got a way of, of doing things and seeing things. And 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 Carl is is new school. He's younger, a lot younger than me. Um, and I'm just curious. Uh-huh. He's heard my stuff. I've heard his stuff. I'm curious uh-huh. if he has thought about um you know the differences in the two and uh whether there's any advice he could give me on how to make my stuff more relevant to you know y'all's generation yeah that's, that's a good question um you know I, I think the best the thing that comes to me to say is that just so, like there's similar rhythms like you have a funk rhythm and then with a funk rhythm there comes a certain type of bop and a dance to it, you know, that certain type of rhythm. And then you have um, the ones that I'm, you know, they're accessible to me, like the, uh, the New Jack Swing era, and there's a certain type of bop or a certain type of move that we, you know, we used to move when, just like a default dance, hmm. similar um, to like when rap, when I was coming up and rapping like the 90s, um, being, you know, in my like kind of the rap golden age for me or whatever, it's kind of like, or um, tunes and beats and rhythms, it was like a, uh, a certain type of a style and rhythm then, and then you have the whole. So I would say that, and, and saying all of that, I said just to say that most recently, I know that there's a new kind of rhythm and, and just natural kind of like groove. It's not mm-hmm. called groove for the newer. Um, so I, uh, Is that like Drake? Whenever, Is Drake? Whenever, yeah, like Drake. They got the, the yeah. newer kind of, and some of the new rappers like yeah. Kendrick's and J. Cole. Yeah. And so what, what I would say is that um, if you listen to, the newer stuff, it gives you not, you kind of have to sometimes, um, I won't say ignore the words, but, you know, it's not always as poetic, but there are some, you know, some deep poets still out. They all are able to kind of double dutch and jump into that, that flow of the new kind of cadence. So that would be the best thing for me, because for me, my cadence, even when I, when I, um, you know, deliver, um, you know, if I'm not doing it my, like, you know, typical spoken word, you know, kind of delivery, my cadence is still more so like late 90s, early 2000s, you know, like not like a 90s cadence because of, um, so I kind of, it's interesting um, preservation because I kind of go through the same thing a little bit, but it is a little bit more contemporary because there's still a number of folks out with my cadence, but it's, gotcha. it's just like as times change, you know, because you know, you have like, right, right. I said a hit to the hop to the hit to the hit, and then you had that, and then you have the... <laughs> The flip of the flip of the zimic, you know, then you have the the slow piece. But um, does that? What do you think about that? Yeah. Does that kind of gel for you in terms of advice? Interpret what you think. Yeah, you, so yeah. You're, you're old school, just not as old as me. 
<laughs> right. well, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, yeah, because I, you know, you, you're the, you're the first guy that I ever saw actually stand up on a stage and 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 rap to the audience, and everybody mm-hmm. was expecting pumps and pump and circumstance, and you, um, you know, you you blew it out the water. You did, and you mean that commencement. You know, well, you know, you did a, I think it was some kind of, um, what was that? It was I like Founders Day or something. Oh, yeah, a convocation. Day. Like a convocation. Yeah, convocation. convocation. Yeah. convocation. It's when you walked out like Jay-Z. Yeah, you shot the hell out of folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get people's attention, right? <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. You had all of that energy and, you know, you had all that Orisha energy in the room on top of it and, it just it all just kind of came together, and um, you know, you inspired you inspired me. I mean, you know, every year I do this thing in you know every May. Um, I've been doing this for the last you know, few years, where I do this sort of flash fiction. Well, this time around, this past year, I decided to add in poetry, and I dragged out some older stuff some older poetry, some older um, short stories and whatnot, flash fiction, that's what they call it. And I decided, I was like, okay, let's update it and let's see where it's at. Because when I have tried to do spoken word, I've always kind of felt, oh, God, I don't, you know, I don't sound like everybody else. I don't have that, you know. And it, it occurred to me that I needed to take on this this persona that I guess I've been building up over the years of the devil make here and whatnot and don't be so concerned about, well, does it all rhyme or, you know, does it sound like um, hip hop? I'm learning from people like, um, you know, Missy Elliott, Remy Ma, Nicki Minaj and Party B, just for those folks out there so I don't get dragged. I ain't taking my size on that one. Um, but I think all of those pictures just um, <laughs> helped to influence me. And so I I, I feel as though um, when us older folks, you know, when we get into it, when we do what it is that we do, whether we call ourselves writing poetry or writing spoken words, you got to speak from the heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever's in your heart. And you know, I just happened to talk about, you know, the spirit and the melding of the spirit and the body and whatnot. Some of my stuff, I ain't reading it tonight. But I do have <laughs> deep stuff and deep stuff. And so, and for those of you who are listening in, audience, um, you can always go to my um, blog, Scholar. Um, uh, dot com, Afrofuturism, Afrofuturistcaller.com, or just Google my name, Sherry Ann Turpin. It'll pop right up, and you'll be able to see all of my stuff that's on there. Or you can uh, check me out on Twitter, Dr. Turpin, and you'll be able to um, define all of my stuff. Um, and so I feel as though, I feel as though if you're, if, if it really is about reaching um, reaching focus, it's about being able to 
get people to listen to you. You gotta you gotta go for the gut. You gotta not be afraid of whether people are gonna like it or not. You just have to spit it and let it go, let it flow. I think that that seems to cross the generations. I don't know what y'all think. Yeah, well, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, people out there that sound alike, but the ones that usually um, get the attention are the ones that are true to themselves. And so, you know, if you're going to be an artist, you have to be true to yourself. Um, And if you like it and it sounds good to you, then, um, you know, nine out of ten times it's going to sound good to other people, and that's how you build that fan base that, uh, you know, appreciates who you are, more as much as what you do. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely so, agree with that because you can you can smell yeah. inauthenticity a mile away. Um, so I'm with you on that. And you can also tell whether you actually wrote it or whether somebody else um, whether somebody <laughs> else wrote it for well, you. Well, you know that actually that actually gets me to um, and I'm not gonna I'm because I know that we discussed before about me being on for the first part of the show and then. You know, um, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, that you're going to get yeah, deep into yeah, some yeah. of President Mason's stuff. But one of the things that I like to say is um, about that, and then maybe I'll share a piece or two, and then and then I'll still listen in and okay. as I like my kids run around me. One of the things that I pride myself off of is this um, writing thing, like the fact that I could write my own stuff. Because growing up, we would freestyle on a on a um, on a track bus or a football bus coming going going to or from games or meets or whatever. And it was one of those things that if you could freestyle or come up with, you know, you know, you know, poetry or your stuff that rhymed real fast on the spot, then it was a sign that, hey, this person had. But then um, some people would pull out a pencil piece of paper and it, you know, so we kind of joked around with the folks, but it was always that you had this other elevated piece of you could come up with it on the spot. But I developed appreciation for, you know, the poems or the rhymes that people kind of mold over for days and months, but it was all, as long as they were writing on their own, but in the, in the um, yeah. spoken word, hip hop creation world nowadays, there's this big thing about whether folks who are performing are actually writing it on their own. And for me, I still kind of have that, like, I still give a lot of credit to people who kind of mull over lines, sentences, statements, couplets, just to make it like tight. And those people who do the creation versus just the performance part. So, um, you know, that's yeah. something that's always yeah. been there for me in terms of just, like, who's who's doing the creating? But a perform, performing is a thing in itself, but who's doing the creating? Yeah. And that the creating part for me is really important. So I'm glad I just wanted to share I'm, that. That's, and, and glad, that's something we struggle yeah, yeah, with yeah. In, the, in, the, in the industry. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm glad that you said that because, you know, and I've listened to Funkmaster Flex, you know, he's going off about Drake and all of that. But I'm going to tell you something. Um the performance piece, you know, being able to to to, to actually perform it, it's a, it is it really is performance. Um, and, yeah, and got to so, value that as a and, talent. And, right, and sure, Curdy may not you know Curdy may not be writing everything, but right, right. I like I like how I like how she flows. I like how she flows. So you I give like her credit she... for at least for her performance. Yes. Right. Right. Absolutely. I have to grow Absolutely. to that myself. <laughs> Wait, Absolutely. Cardi B doesn't write her own stuff. No, uh, sir. Not all of it. 
some of it, not all of it. And I'm not going to say that she doesn't write anything because we we really don't know. She sort of admitted that she doesn't write everything. But she, you know, know, but she, yeah. People like Dr. Dre, like I'll give you an example. Somebody like Dr. Dre, right? And I was just talking to my wife about this other night, uh, my partner. He is famous for being a beat maker, a rapper, all that other stuff, but Ice, well, you know, NWA, Ice Cube was writing, you know, mostly all of their rhymes, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because he was just featured on, like, there's a guy, one of my favorite artists, Anderson Pac, he was on his album, and he appears on the track, and, you know, it's like, oh, everybody's excited that he's on the track, but he's rapping something that was not, you know, that was written <laughs> for him by somebody else, so we got into this long discussion around... Like, why are we excited? Because anybody could have got on, gotten on there and said it was that cadence or whatever. But sometimes it's that star mm-hmm. power in addition to the performance, you know. So it's just an interesting thing. And we're, yeah. we're, we're really hard on folks like that in the, you know, if you, like, really yeah, putting and, in and, your blood, right. sweat, and tears, you know. So. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, I, yeah. So, all right. So, Curl, um, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put you on hold because I don't allow you to listen because I don't want to just cut you off because then you'd have to call back in and just listen. Whereas I could just put you on hold and you can listen to your heart's delight and we're gonna continue. Yeah, forward. definitely. How about that? Yeah. Uh, did you want right. me to gonna read some of your stuff? I thought you were gonna read some of your yeah, stuff. I'll read, huh? I'll yeah, read, I'll um, read. Yeah, I thought you were. I'll read two or three pieces and they're not too long. Um, and then I'll I'll jump off. Um, the first, right on. and then I'll, then I'll freestyle, I'll read two pieces, then I'll freestyle something, and then I'll just, you just leave me alone. Okay, um, okay. you can leave me right to be in a, in a wander. So this, this, one of my, I first started, this is a shout out to my, um, one of my friends who actually, um, you know, transitioned, um, by maybe 12, 15 years ago named Demetrius Fisher. So, you know, rest in peace okay. to, to the, to the homie Demet. This one is called, um, Chess Piece. Um, and, um, he was a chess player, a young black male who went, he used to mentor kids, et cetera. So for me, I'm motivated to write poetry when like there are extreme life events of joy or deep sorrow or pain. And this is, this is for me. So this one is called chess piece. It said lyrical chess genius. You got the juice Bishop. You was the meanest. You were no rock. You made moves in the world with goals included but not limited to being the cleanest, inside and out, night and shining, or more to any a queen they choose to date. Pawned by the world but left the legacy of a king to society, I say, checkmate. So, you know, that was just a piece about him. Uh, okay. The whole Juice okay. Bishop okay. reference demeanor. So that was called Chess yeah. Piece. Um, and uh, I'll give you another one since I'm on this page. Let me just pull up a rent another random one uh all right this is some sometimes it's a really long but sometimes it's a, something's really short that is about this was inspired by love it's um oh dedicated to, to my, my partner <laughs> um so it says Ooh. um to my <laughs> stop it so to my <laughs> to my ears cherubs sing your name my heart burns with your flame. So just a quick piece. Um, so sometimes, you okay. know, they say that we don't get into our touchy-feely part, but we do, you know, um, sometimes. Mm. Uh, so let me see as far as today, um, trying to think of something to say for us right now. Um, right. Okay. So this, this, what is the name of this? It's Soulful Visions, right? 
Soul so visions I'll start by Okay. Soul visions or soulful visions? Soulful visions. Got you. All right. So I'll end, I'll end it with this, and, and then peace and love to everybody, and I'll just drop off after this. And um, let me say something like, okay, soulful visions of the speaking self, is your vision an decision, or is it more about wealth? Um, spirited remarks beam sun rays with turpin on your airways. As you listen in your offices, will she dens and man cave. Truth to the power, talk nation flows from mental creation. Inspired yet humble to share space with Ron Mason. So peace and love, everybody. That was just a little bit from me. <laughs> and um, looking, forward to looking forward to listening in. All right. Okay, Dr. All right, Moore. Thank, Thank you, you, man. Thank you. All right, good, sir. All right. So listen. Thanks, Dr. So, uh, Alrighty. So I'm going to put him on. Let's see. Here we go. Sometimes it takes a little bit of a little bit of practice. They uh, sometimes they change things around. So yeah, the the idea of being able to do freestyle, um, I you know listen to people like you know, like Joe Budden and some of the other folks that are out there, some of the lesser known folks that are out there, and that always makes me a bit nervous. But I mean, in terms of being able to just take the time to just sit and write and, and, and think about um, well, what's really on my mind. Um, and for whatever reason, this past uh, year, it really has been about just getting into, you know, all of the stuff that was just sort of kind of bubbling, you know, bubbling inside and, and whatnot. And then when I looked at some of my older stuff, when I say older, I'm talking about stuff that I wrote when I was in Connecticut. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm still dealing with the same shit. (laughs) And so so I'm just like, you know, that says to me that there's a, you know, there's a need for me to be able to, you know, to to get it out there. And that's why I put it on my my blog. And at some point, um, you know, I'll put together a, a chat book. But I wanted to um, kind of um, talk to you about, you know, a lot. it seems like a lot of your stuff is, you know, it's talking about the, the current um, state of being and, 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 you know, and whatnot. Some of it is about, um, you know, our people, about being um, um, living in this place um, where we, that we call home, but sometimes it doesn't feel like home. Um, and so, where do you where does your voice come in um you know um as a as as an observer and where does your voice come in as a black man um gee i don't know that there's a difference first of all because you know you always Ooh. see things from very specific eyes right um right. you know and i was uh you know i was at at this training today and it's a it was at a training with um this i'm gonna get to the point but i just want to make the point because it came up today with all of these uh corporate types right mm-hmm. and it's a leadership training thing and um you know it's just amazing to me how our leaders uh really see the world a certain way and it's the way that yeah. they see the world and in a lot of cases has brought us to all the problems we have in the world today, right? 
And so um, I've always, and this goes back to high school. I remember I won my first poetry contract test when I was in high school, right? Um, Yeah. But I've always um, seen the world a different way. And from from the way that uh, our current leaders see it, and, okay. you know, it's hard to have a conversation with them about it because they all have a stake in keeping the world the way it is, the people, you know, in, that run these, that run America, basically. And so, you know, maybe my my way of, of getting out what I need to get out is by, uh, you know, putting it into uh, spoken word, poetry, that kind of thing. Because usually something will, will hit me, you know, and it'll bother me and it's something that I feel like I need to talk about. And if you can't really just come out and talk about it, you got to do something with it. And so what I usually do with it is try to put it into rhyme, you know. Um, and so I got a whole yeah. collection of things that talk about everything from buffaloes uh, in Kansas to, uh, you know, Kaepernick. Um, oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you shared with me um, some time ago uh, something that you did, that you, did um, you know, addressing uh, Kaepernick and taking the knee, um, so to speak. And it it was it 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 was moving to me, but it also said to me that you definitely had something to say about um, uh, black masculinity and yeah. being able to say, you know, um, I know the real reason why you don't like to see strong black men taking a stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt that, I felt, I felt that, um, and, um, and at the same time, it was, um, it, it was, it was astonishing to me because you were so clear and in some ways even raw in that sense, um, spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, and that takes, um, you know, if you are somebody who who calls yourself um, writing, you you got to take that risk uh, to reveal some aspect of yourself. I know that when mm-hmm. I've written, I've had to kind of connect with some of those things, some of those things that are painful, even um, mm-hmm. to, to you know to, to kind of get it out there. And sometimes people get it, and some people are like, "What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> you know, what is this?" Um, and so it's often been said that once you once you send it out, it no longer belongs to you. I'm not sure if I believe that. Um, well, it no longer belongs I, just to you. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So yeah. it no longer just belongs to you. And and so I know that for me, one of my motivations in the way that I tend to write. Um, is that there's a need on my part to not be so wrapped up in the black respectability politics thing. You know, like you were saying about the, the corporate image and whatnot, that that folk want, you know, if you want to be successful, you have to basically buy into that, not just for nine to five, but you basically have to, um, to think like that. And for me, um, one of the things that I kind of buck up against as a writer is to, you know, kind of shift that, that, you know, that I'm a fully fleshed out person. But I know part of that is my 
resistance to how I grew up, which was very much about being respectable, being a respectable black lady and whatnot. Well, respectable black ladies have passions and angers and, you know, all of those things and, 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 and joys and, you know, and that's why some of my stuff is raw and, and you know, <coughs> even when I call myself being an erotic self. And for me, that's spiritual. Yeah. You ever, do you ever um, use your stuff in class? Do you ever, you ever share it with the class? I have. <laughs> and some, some of the students are like, yeah, I'm feeling that. And then some of the students are like, <laughs> you're a freak. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that, that's okay for me. That doesn't really bother me so much because um, it's, what I'm doing is I'm basically just expressing um, what we all think, you know, what we all are, you know, kind of running through our heads, you know, and sometimes, you know, I, the way that I see it is this, is that um, it's sort of along the lines of, well, everyone walking on this planet, um, every man and woman walking on this planet at some point in time, thinks about these issues, has those, 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 those feelings of sadness, of horror, of um, pain, but also of joy um, and sometimes just straight-up desire. And sometimes that just sort of, it, when it shows up um, in your poetry, um, it's not going to necessarily come through with all of the, the flowers that we associate with somebody, say, like Shakespeare. I'm not going to sound like Shakespeare. I'm not going to sound like um, Langston Hughes. Um, I might sound a little bit like Audre Lorde. She inspires me, actually. Um, um, I might sound, um, you know, a, a little bit like, you know, some of the other folks that are, um, you know, that are, that, are, that are floating out there. But if you were to really ask me, who really inspired me? Who got me into it? Um, Erica Young. Erica Young is not black. Erica Young is a Jewish woman from New York City. And when I was 15... Erica Young, the, the uh, psychologist? The, um... No. Erica Young, who wrote Fear of Flying, but she also wrote... Yeah, Fear of Flying, right, exactly. I thought she was a psychologist. Fear huh? No, some people okay. might say that her book was like psychology, but she did something okay. back in 1970 that most women were not doing. And she wrote about women with sexual desires and women mm. who are not necessarily bound by the expectation that your role in life is to go find a nice, you know, steady, steady husband and get married and go uh, all the way someplace. She, you know, it's uh, autobiographical fiction, basically. But when you read her poetry, her poetry is even more, um, you know, it, 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 it dives in even, even more. And so um, reading her, um, reading some of the other, um, some of the other folks that are, that are out there, it just, it kind of, it kind of, pulled me in a particular direction. Now, I read that when I was 15. Hmm. 
And when I was 15, I used to, I used, you know, I, I lost a poetry a long time ago. When I was 15, I used to write some pretty, pretty, uh, pretty hot stuff. And it disappeared along with a lot of my old stuff. But when I really started getting serious about poetry, by that time I, I had the education and whatnot. Okay, I know what alliteration is. I know what rhyming is, right? And, you know, and I know about, um, you know, um, referring to, you know, um, histories of old. I know about all of those things. And so, you know, having that knowledge, having that insight, it definitely um, made me think, well, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to write this, then it needs to it needs to be grounded in something. And so some of the other stuff that I started bringing in, such as um, interest in the Orishas and African, um, you know, um, African deities, which I got from Andre Lord. I started, think, um, you know, um, exploring through that. And um, just life, really. Mm-hmm. Just living. And that's kind of how it works, after, right? Yeah. You both, yeah, living. You know, I guess one of the, the best things that could have happened to me is uh, failure in love. Failure in love can make you an awesome poet. <laughs> and that's pretty much. Well, pain, pain, know, pain can be a motivator, you, you know, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Emotional God, yeah. pain can be it's, a motivator. Um, you know, emotional pain. But then, of course, um, history catches up, and living in the age that we're living in, um, that kind of catches up. And so mm-hmm. I'm not just writing about my little personal issues. I'm also writing about what it means to, um, to live in this world as a black woman, um, you know, in a world that does not seem to want to see black women or black men live well. Mm-hmm. Or to be happy. So, so have you have, have you gotten been, anything published or what? Yes, I have actually. Oh, um, I'm okay. glad you brought, brought that up because I because um, I think I what I'd like to do is perhaps and it's a short one um, is maybe share um, one of those. Good. Yeah, because I did. I did make it a, a, a point of trying to get some of my stuff out of there. Um, and so um, it does you, it, it, it does the, it does the heart good. Um, you know, ah, here we go. And so um, now I renamed this one reborn, but this is actually part of a larger piece. Um, Spring gave birth to the horror of sight in a soul, and I never believed until now that I could and would live to see myself. So utterly shorn of slick shells, forced to face the real me, all walls come tumbling down for all to see, hear, touch. Even pollen can burn flesh so raw and new. I journey to the core of the sun to understand why we must continue to prowl and sow even as we trample our own gardens. I did not know that I myself was a seed to be sown and reaped. And like all seeds, the hard shell must swell and burst so that I would shed blood and tears as I rose from the moist black earth. All walls come tumbling down as Yeshua and Shango 
in a tipsy breath, do it. Hold court with Oya. And I see her funnel cloud reach down and bore into my chest. So, Yeshua, we know Yeshua as Jesus. But mm-hmm. we also know yes. Shango. Right, right. We also know Shango as the um, the god of lightning. We also know Oya um, as the storm goddess. And so... so kind of deep. Um, yeah, yeah. And so blending, you know, uh, blending the African and, and Christian influences. And so... I don't really fight it anymore. Um, you know, I I I grew up a Christian. Um, mm-hmm. My mother is a minister, and but I well, a lot of Africans also, are Christians, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, and and and. But when our people were brought here, we also brought our own deities, and they mm-hmm. never went away. Mm-hmm. They never went away. And you're from True. New Orleans. You, um, your folk, your folk um, you know, brought it through uh, voodoo or voodoo. Um, or voodoo. voodoo <laughs> what, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, which is very much a part of not just Louisiana, but also Haiti. Um, and, and so um, those influences definitely have a, um, you know, they they make a mark. So I have a question for you. Are you mm-hmm. are are you what some people would refer to as Creole? What is that? Um, I don't know. Oh that man, is. that's um, well, I don't I don't I don't much care for the term to be honest with you. But uh, it was originally yeah, it originally applied to the children of Europeans who were born in um, America, right? Okay. And then, okay. And, but then, uh, when they enter, uh, had when when they interbred with the slaves, you had all these light-skinned uh, blacks born, and they were, and a lot of them were free, and they were called uh, uh, men of color, gens de couleur, right? Okay. And a lot of them okay. took on the name Creole as to distinguish themselves from black. And in New Orleans, they had their own neighborhoods and all of that stuff, you know. Um, but I right. never, I never got into all of that. I, I, it was all around right. me, but I never really got into it, you know. Right. And so, well, yeah, as you, you know. just said earlier, as you said earlier, you've always been kind of, you know, you've always kind of been somehow um, sort of a lone, you know, a, a, a lone person, you know, in your, you know, in, in your quest. And I can definitely identify with that. I don't think I've yeah. ever really been able to. To join, to join up. I've had people ask me, "Well, how come you didn't join a, a sorority?" I didn't want to. Um, yeah. I, have, I have, you know, I have aunts who are. Yeah, not, not really, not really. I mean, I have aunts who are um, who are deltas. I have aunts who um, are AKAs, but I, I, it never really, it, it never really occurred to me that, oh, well, yeah, maybe you should, you should do that, and it's not a way of putting them down. It's just that um It's for not me, for everybody. It, it's well no, it's not. It's not for everybody. And sometimes being that that person, that independent person, um, it allows you enough space to be able to create. And so it's occurring to me that 
um, you as someone who has stood apart, it's allowed you to be um, far more, um, far more creative. Um, when did you That's start right. really? Yeah, yeah, you do. So, so you, I, I just, start? not to cut you. When did I start? Uh, no. What being, uh, being creative? Yeah, creative. <laughs> but I want, I want to hear what you. Uh, I hear, I want to hear what you said. Well, I, like I was saying, I, I've written poetry all the way back to high school, and I even won a little award back then. So I, you know, it just kind of came naturally to me. But I just, um, you know, I'm in the office, and I was just, I remembered I had done a piece for my son, right? Who was Ooh. he? He was going through a really rough time. Okay. And um and and he was really down and I wrote this piece called Being the Sun. And I don't know oh. if I ever shared it with you, but I wouldn't mind sharing yeah. it now if you want me to. because uh, he found it very it. motivational and, and, and uplifting and so forth. So I I'll read it if you like. Okay. Please. Good? Okay, so it's called yeah. Being the Sun. Uh and it's not hip hop or anything, it's just words to paper, right? And so it goes like, there have been times in my life when I did not know whether to stay or whether to go, whether to smile or whether to cry, whether to crawl or whether to fly. I've had times when I didn't want to get out of bed, when too many thoughts were crowding my head, when I couldn't decide or know what to do, when I had no direction and could only see blue, when I wandered in circles, seeing no way out, when the road before me was cluttered with doubt. When my head kept spinning, spinning around, when the path to my future was nowhere to be found. But no matter how much I couldn't sleep or pace the room or forgot to eat, the sun came up the very next day and asked me what I wanted to say about how I planned to fill the time to claim each moment and make it mine, to turn my fears into a song and to use each hurdle to make me strong to sing that song and testify to the love in the heavens and my star in the sky. Mm. I gotta get the rest. I gotta get the rest of it. Um, mm-hmm. The dawn has helped me understand that it's the clouds that make the man. I am the sun and will always be, and the clouds will always challenge me, and sometimes make me have to fight to give the world my natural light. So to the clouds I say. Let come what may, because I am the sun, and I rise every day. He found that helpful. Wow. Yes, I can understand why and how. Um, He's been able to accomplish something that I find very hard to do, and that is actually keep up with the cadence and the rhyme, while at the same time being able to... um, to speak to something. Um, and so the clouds and to be able to, 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 to rise as the sun again. And I see what you did with that. You know, the sun and then being a sun, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. Some people yeah. look, right, right, right. And, you know, we are all uh, children. We are all children of God. And mm. so I feel that. I feel that. And there's um, always going to be clouds, but the sun always rises, you know. Absolutely. And you can depend absolutely. on that. No matter what happens that day, the sun will come up the next day. That's right. Keep That's that in right. mind. And it's up. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. That is, that is real. That is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you say that you want 
to be able to, you know, to, to be able to write more. Once you once you're done being in that particular role as as, as, as president, do you have um, do you have a lot of stuff that you that that you've just kind of set, you know, that you haven't really done anything with, you know? Yeah, you I know. have um, I have notebooks of. Uh... You know, uh, stuff that needs to be edited and, and finished. I have uh, half-done blogs that that I you know need to go back and you know finish. I have a lot of I have a lot of things that I started, but I, you know it takes time to actually refine them and get them right. And so I got yeah. the thoughts down on paper, you know, and, and I got the rough of it. But I just haven't had a chance to go back over a lot of them and um, and and tighten them up, you know. Yeah, I'm not a I freestyler. Can I can't get it all out, you know, just off the top of my head. I got to work on it. Right. Well, I kind of think of those those flash fiction stories that I've written over the last few years as sort of unfinished, complete stories. Um, you know, and mostly what I've ended up doing is, you know, writing them in bits and pieces and chunks. You know, um, I most most of the time when I call myself writing fiction. Um, most of it does tend to be um, either um, science fiction or um, science fantasy or um, even horror. Um, and so that's the direction that I tend to go in. But when I write poetry, I don't um, really do science fiction. That tends to be something that's a bit more, um, you know, of the heart. And so um, I blog and I write in my blog so that I don't forget that my first passion is an academic writing even though I do have a great deal of passion for it my first passion really is creative writing um, really? poetry is that why you became an um, English professor yeah it's interesting that you, that you say that um, Chester Wright who's no longer teaching at UDC he's retired um I remember asking him when I was a, I was still an undergrad, you know, asking him about doing an MFA, and he's like, "No, you should do a PhD." And at the time, it's like I was all disappointed, but it was great advice actually. The only problem with that is that unless you're doing a creative dissertation or a creative thesis that would allow you to be able to blend in um, some areas. Most of the time, what you end up doing is the hardcore, um, you know, um, literary study. Um, unless you're somebody like, uh, um, unless you're somebody like Audrey Lord, um, you know, who, who with her collection of, of essays, Sister Outsider, or somebody like Bell Hooks. Bell Hooks was able to write a lot of her autobiographical stuff. Um, now that's actually something that it's actually occurred to me um, over the last few years that perhaps that's really where it's at because most of the time when you see um, black women showing up really being prominent, um, it's not that you don't have um, black women doing hardcore, um, you know, literary theory. You do, but what you also see is that you see black women writing creatively. Because there's a political element to it. Our voices, our, you know, the, the presence of black women, um, you know, as 
as black feminists, as black feminist scholars, a lot of it is coming from not just the autobiographical but the creative writing. And that was that's one of the reasons why I started writing again. It's one of the reasons why I decided to put on my blog some of the other essays that I've written that have tended to be autobiographical because, um, in my view, being an English scholar um, and ignoring who I am and, and what I am, um, you run the risk of just basically disappearing yourself. And you're often kind of expected to do that where you're the um, disinterested voice. And I feel as though we have a duty to do much more than that, not just Mm. in our own right for our own professional purposes, but for the purpose of a community, for the culture, so to speak. Do you see a contradiction between being a, a professor and having your own voice? It can. Um, mm. it, it can if you if you sort of abide by you know some of the expectations, um, some of the you know some of the, the the areas that you do. Well, I'll put you this way: when I was doing my master's degree, I really didn't feel that kind of pressure. But I definitely felt like when it was time for me to figure out what I was going to do for my dissertation, I had the hardest time finding anybody who wanted to serve on my committee. I was told that my voice was too angry. I was told uh, when I did my defense, whoa, that was that was rough going. The outside reading really, really kissed off at me. How dare you write about black women and sexuality, black women and bodies? But I just happened to be focused on writers, and I had a particular vision in mind. And so when I write about um, erotic power, it's not just about fucking. It really is about the ways in which these women are talking about black women reclaiming their right to be full human beings. And as far as I'm concerned, being able to claim your body and to claim your spirit and to be able to say, I am a desiring being, that is very much a political move. That is very much an important political move because you are no longer focusing exclusively on humanity as being white by default, white, male, heterosexual as a default. And so, yeah, for me, um, you know, the way that I see it, um, we need to see more of that. But the irony of it being is that um, when I look at even now at the ways in which um, the way that folks tend to study black lit and the way that folks tend to write about black lit is almost uh, sort of a sense that, well, you really don't want to talk about these areas. There's a variety of areas that you can talk about and how it contributes to the, um, you know, certain traditions and whatnot. But there's a, a sort of a reluctance, just like there was a reluctance to, to look at Afrofuturism as being a part of the African-American tradition because it wasn't falling in line with what was considered to be respectable. Mm-hmm. And so I've never been 
quote-unquote, respectable in what I do. Um, and in the first time I started reading from my book, reading pieces from my book, um, some of the looks in the audience are sort of shocking. In some ways, I think, living in this city, um, and just our campus. Our campus is pretty conservative, but this town is conservative. Mm. And I feel as though, well, you know, being being risky, being daring even, that shouldn't be something that's exclusively for men, and that certainly shouldn't be something exclusive to, um, you know, white writers. I think all people of color should be able to explore and to delve in. And so I can write in my creative mode in ways that I really can't in um, in, you know, in what I do in terms exactly. of literary theory, literary criticism, or whatnot. But if you do, what it, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Um, but look, it's eight o'clock, and I'm, you know, we I was supposed to get yes, off at it eight. Is. It was it was oh, very profound right, what you said, right. um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And we could probably pick it up you at know, another time, but you know, I got a long day tomorrow, so I'm, I'm gonna have to. Oh try, my God! You it. and I both. You and you and I both. So. So, so what I want to do is I want to make sure that we kind of, we, we kind of end this, um, you know, end this with a promise to be able to pick this up. But I also want to say to the, uh, say to the audience, because uh, some of the, some of our listeners from the last time you and I came together were like, oh my gosh, you guys cut off so abruptly. I was just like, Sorry. well, no, not, not necessarily. But um, I want to say this: that I think that what you has actually created um, by you, your presence being there, being somebody who's able to, to, to speak about your writing and to be able to share um, has kind of opened some doors, so to speak. And I know that for me as a writer um, and as a scholar, I feel a sense of freedom that I haven't felt in a very long time. Woke me up a bit. I want to thank you for that. Well, thank you. I want to thank you for Yes. Well, just remember, you, you are the sun, and you will rise every day, right? That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. As are you. As are you. Thank you so much okay. for Thank joining. Thank you. Enjoy. So, all right. All right. All right. See you later. So, have a good night. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So, audience, um, we're going to end this tonight. We're going to end this on a on a on a very pleasant note. And so what I want to do is I do want to share a little bit, especially since I did say that I was going to share a bit, um, you know, a bit of music from Kirk. And so we're going to end it by um, sharing something called Shine. Um, and I like this particular piece because it's a blend of gospel and hip-hop. And I did enjoy it. So listen in. And you all have a great evening. And remember, um, do check on us again. This is the new season, um, and I do promise we're going to have a lot more um, podcasts. And I'm going to be bringing more folks from UDC, but not just from UDC, from the area. Um, I'm anticipating that um, our next show very well may be with Dr. Latanya Reese Rogers, um, who is my partner on a grant that we're working on on digital humanities. Um, but I'm also going to be bringing back more creative folks. 
um, definitely bringing back Thaddeus, uh, Thaddeus House, who writes um, science fiction. And notice I said science fiction, not Afrofuturism. He is just science fiction, so I'm going to say that. Um, and I might even bring a special guest, my own father. Oh, yes, I'm going to bring him on. And that's because he's written his own memoir. And so I'm looking forward um, to, to, to doing that. And um, at least one of these shows, I really would like to bring in more of our listeners. I've noticed that there are a lot of listeners here tonight. They're sort of listening very well. And both my parents, actually, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to end this by putting them on right now. And so you guys who are listening, um, you're going to be on. Okay. So let's see if we can get you on right now. Um, Caller ending in 8407 and caller ending in 1486. Who is this I'm not listening to? Um, is this mom? Is this dad? Who is this? Well, this is this is dad one four eight six. Right on. Okay, so who is this at eight four zero seven? Okay. All right. So, welcome, 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 welcome. How are you all doing? Well, uh, here in Bedford, Ohio, it's cold as hell, as it usually is this time of year. And uh, I've been out. I've been out trying to do something to repair some of the uh, problems with my kitchen. I'm I'm moving. All right. Okay. All right. And so, uh, is this mom? All right. Okay. So I know you're having some problems with your, with, with with your phone, but I do want to thank you both for um, for calling in and listening. Um, this was a great um, this was a, a great opportunity, and so I wanted to just um, acknowledge you both and thank you both for calling in, and thank you all for um, encouraging me to continue to write and to continue. Um, you know, to, you know, to uh, work towards uh, success. And so um, thank you both um, for, for calling in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this song, and you all can listen or you can hang up and then listen listen later on. It's up to you all. But I think you'll actually like this one. Um, and so this is called Shine. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
in the air And I can feel the blessings You reaching for potential If you stop stressing You gotta take a shot It ain't no room for guessing These devils never stop well, God is destined. If you're reaching from the spirit, they won't let you near it. If you shift the status quo, they will always fear it. My scriptures been fearless like Jet Li. Interpret all my ways of story like a jet ski. Test me if you want, cause God got me covered. Only Lord knows how much I suffered. Highly blessed. Some never recovered. Started stepped a couple times. A lot was cluttered. Found love through the hate that was given to me. I used to feel like hope was hidden from me. Praise the most high for the most time. Cause most of the time, the divine will always shine. Uh, the divine will always shine. 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 A bunch of bad habits and some contradictions. It's all about the beauty and the composition. It's all this competition of constant addiction. Commercialization leads to constant conditions. I remember when we had some role models. Nowadays, it's all about a polar bottle. It's looking real bad from my different thesis. Shit is sad. I told him, look for Jesus. There's a lot of beauty and simplicity, especially if it's visually and even if it's mentally. It's not a crime to be original. If so, they treat you like a criminal. I prefer physical over digital. Individual talent is like a miracle. Self love is always through the thick and thin. That's a promise that will last you to the very end. Oh. 